0: Hey y'all, it's episode 192 and today we are chatting about the thyroid. Our takeover guest today is Elle Russ and she gives us a thyroid 101 tutorial on everything hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's to grave disease, hyperthyroidism and ketogenic diets. She also details what blood tests to get and what pitfalls to look for, symptoms of thyroid issues, things I didn't even know now makes me think that Kevin has thyroid issues and I'm going to be running a panel for him like next week. How your thyroid works, hormones, everything. This is a must listen episode to all humans on the planet. Whether you have a thyroid dysregulation issue or not, you need need to listen to this episode. If you want to delve a little bit deeper into adjusting keto for women, I highly recommend going to ketodietbook.com. Check out my book, Keto for Women, It's a good one, and I think you'll really like it. And all the links and resources from today's episode can be found at ketodietpodcast.com. So our guest today is Elle Russ. She's a writer, speaker, and show host of the popular Primal Blueprint podcast. She's the fifth person in the world certified in ancestral health and is a leading voice of thyroid health in the paleo, primal, and evolutionary health movements. Elle is the author of the best-selling book The Paleo Thyroid Solution and writer of the award-winning documentary Head Hunt Revisited and much more. She lives and plays in Malibu, California. You can learn up more about her and her work at elrus.com. Okay, is taking over the show. I am sliding the microphone over to her and she is going to drop so many knowledge bombs on you. Get a notebook, get a pen, a highlighter, a tea, a coffee, something, a water. I don't care. You're going to need to write some of this goodness down. <laughs> okay, let's do this thing. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Keto, keto, keto Diet, diet podcast. podcast. If you're the new around these parts, I'm, for I'm for Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto body. Diet, The Keto Diet Cookbook, Keto for Women, and the writer behind the site, healthfulpursuit.com. As a woman, you already know exactly how hard it can be to lose weight, stay in shape, and make the best of your diet. I've put together a free 21-page guide exclusive to podcast listeners that shows you why imbalanced hormones are generally at the core of all struggles that women face when it comes to our weight and our overall health. Go to KetoForWomen.com for your free guide. In this free 21-page guide called Managing Hormone Imbalances for the Keto Lady, I share tips that will help you find success in adjusting your keto to fit your lady body. First, I'll provide five tips to help you stay focused as a keto lady, and lastly, we will review the top hormone imbalances that affect women, signs you may have a hormone imbalance, and actions you can take right now to achieve hormone balance. You can get your free 21-page guide at keto4women.com, and thank you so much for listening today.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm going to give everyone a tutorial here on the thyroid gland and how it works. It is the most important gland in your body. It is in charge of the production and regulation of all of your sex hormones, your body temperature, and your ability to burn fat. So, If you've tried every single diet in the world, including keto, and nothing works and you keep getting fatter, you absolutely have to look at the thyroid. I will talk about thyroid and keto later on in the show, but for right now, I really want to impart the importance of thyroid health. So aside from your temperature, ability to burn fat, the production and regulation of your sex hormones, also brain function. We have more receptors in our brain for the biologically active thyroid hormone than anywhere else. It's why thyroid patients, when they're hypothyroid, meaning underactive, have very compromised brain function, including some limited cognitive skills or cognitive skills being thrown off, like having dyslexia of the mouth, uh, not being able to say certain words or trying to search for the words or mixing up those words backward, having to, you know, reread a paragraph over and over again, because you cannot retain the information, forgetting numbers, etc. Those are some symptoms that happen in the brain. And i going to talk a little bit about, I have over 47 symptoms in my book and I had over 30 of them, but here are some classic ones. First of all, the inability to lose weight. No matter what you do. That is a major sign of mitochondrial dysfunction and also impaired thyroid function. So if you've tried everything in the world and no matter what you do, you cannot burn fat, this is probably why. Aside from burning fat, let's go to the gynecological stuff. Anytime a woman has an issue where they're diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome or maybe it's infertility, maybe it's miscarriages, uh, maybe it's ovarian cysts, endometriosis, etc., we all have to look at the thyroid gland immediately. As a side note, I was misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome at one point. It really looked on the ultrasound like I had it, but the question was, what caused it? And it was my thyroid problem at the time, and I've been perfectly fine since. So anytime you're diagnosed with anything gynecological, that's off or even if you notice your sex drives off or you have really heavy periods with cramps or terrible PMS, this is also all related. And often with women, although hypothyroidism and thyroid issues affect men and women, it is disproportionately a women's issue. So a lot of women will notice one of the first symptoms will be off and it will be in some gynecological form and, and that will be unique to each person. The other is being freezing all the time. So, cold hands and feet, but to the point where you're internally chilled. Your hands and feet should never be burning hot, but Again, you would know because you would be the person that's always freezing cold, like even the middle of the summer. That's an indication. You can take temps at home, and I discuss this in my book, where you can pretty much diagnose a thyroid and or an adrenal issue by taking regular basal and afternoon temps. This is really key. What are we looking for? For basal temperature, we're looking for something between 97.7 and 98.2 or 97.8 and 98.3. For an afternoon temperature, we are looking at 98.7. 6 degrees Fahrenheit. It doesn't have to be exactly there, but when I was hypothyroid and very sick before I got better, I was 96 degrees all day long. It never even got close. That's a major indication. Hair falling out. The loss of hair in a substantial way is another symptom. Acne, anything that goes wrong with your skin that didn't before. Dry cracked heels, one of a uh, one of many, but a classic thyroid hypothyroid symptom is dry crack skin on an inner pointing index finger, usually your right hand. Not sure why this is the case, but I've known too many people, including myself, where that has shown up when you're hypothyroid. The other symptoms can be anything from inner itching of the ears to thickening of the skin, There can be, you can have itchy skin, dry, cracked skin. And again, there's, there's so many symptoms from restless legs to heavy legs. Let let me talk about heavy legs. Heavy legs is usually low ferritin, iron storage, and or thyroid issues. Heavy legs is when each time you take a step, you feel like you're walking with, you know, cement legs. And it's just a very obvious feeling if you're out there and you feel it, you know it. And the other is restless legs, and that is also usually attributed to low ferritin or low iron storage. I had restless legs. It's very, very disconcerting when at night you sort of can't seem to get comfortable. You're adjusting your legs constantly, that, and, it, and it feels annoying. If you have that, then you need to look into a thyroid issue and or low ferritin, which is iron storage. Back
0: to today's episode in a sec. So you know that for a long time I did not fast on my ketogenic diet and not until recently with my hormones balanced have I started incorporating fasting into my daily routine. It can help with insulin sensitivity, blood sugar, triglycerides, blood pressure, cholesterol but for me it just makes my life so much easier and I feel so much better and there's nothing like practicing yoga fasted. I've absolutely been loving Peaks Fasting Teas to help me with my fast. Now they were developed by number one world expert and intermittent fasting Dr. Jason Fung I've always loved Peak Tea because of their commitment to quality unlike conventional tea bags or bottled tea their teas are triple-tox screen for heavy metals pesticides and toxic mold they are organic gmo free sugar free and preservative free and deliver up to 12 times the antioxidants of regular teas my personal favorite tea is their recently launched cinnamon herbal fasting tea just add the single serve packets to cold or hot water they really help curb and reduce my hunger pangs and give me unparalleled energy and clarity to last me through the day peak tea has extended a special offer to all podcast listeners go to peak T.life slash leanne that's peak p-i-q-u-e for up to 10% off and save over $20 on their fasting tea bundles these teas never go on sale so this is your chance again it's peaktea.life slash leanne and enjoy okay back to today's episode so I'd like to go
1: into a tutorial about how the thyroid works, what the thyroid hormones are, what they mean and what tests you need to get to properly assess whether or not you have a thyroid problem. So I'm going to go through all of the thyroid hormones and how they work. And at first this might seem daunting, but I guarantee that it's logical and I will make sure to wrap it up in a way that you understand. So let's start with the pituitary at the base of your brain is responsible for being a sensor and it senses when your blood is low in thyroid hormones. And if your blood is low in thyroid hormones, the thyroid will take that wake-up call and start to produce thyroid hormones. Particularly, it will pump out two, the two main ones. There's only one biologically active thyroid hormone. That is T3. The storage hormone for that, or the inactive form of that, is called T4. The thyroid itself, when the signal is received, will pump out, and we don't know the exact amounts, but we roughly say about maybe 80 to 90% T4 and roughly 10 to 20% T3. As you go throughout your day, the T4 will start to convert into the biologically active form of T3 as you need it why does it do this? This is really important to understand. T3, the only biologically active thyroid hormone on the planet, there is no other one, that is extremely powerful. And because it's so powerful and fast acting and sort of short-lived in the body, T4 is the storage hormone that you can kind of look at it like a slow release mechanism, doling out when you need T3 and converting as you need it. Now, whatever T4 was pumped out from your thyroid during the day that was not used or not converted into T3 will then convert into something called reverse T3, which is the inactive form of thyroid hormone, and it will flush it out of your body. Why does it do this? Why doesn't your body just pump out T3? If that's the biologically active thyroid hormone, then why doesn't our body just send the signal and give us T3? This is a really elegant feedback loop, and let me explain why it's here. It's here to protect you. So reverse T3, which is the inactive form of T3. The reason it's there is as an emergency break for the human body. Let me give you an example. Because T3 is an extremely potent fat burner and metabolism booster, it affects heart rate, et cetera, the reason that would want to be dialed back by your body is in the event of a few options. For example, let's say you just got into a horrific car accident or have some incredible infection. It could be cancer. It could be just uh, the flu, whatever it is in that moment, the feedback loop is going to downregulate and it's going to say, you know what, let's dial back converting a lot of this T4 we're pumping out into the active, you know, metabolism boosting T3 because we don't want to throw any more gasoline on a fire. You know, this patient's already inflamed. This person's already starving. It doesn't matter what the message is. So you could be running for a marathon and not eating the correct amount of calories and already have low body fat. In that case, again, the thyroid and the primal perspective is, uh uh-oh, she's not Going to get food for a while. She's starving, and until she gets satiated, we are going to dial this back and might prevent her from getting pregnant. By dialing back the T3, by dialing everything back, especially if you're in a state of starvation for a while or you're on a stranded island, it's going to lower it. First of all, it doesn't want you to burn fat in times of famine because it doesn't know when you're going to get food. And secondly, the perspective is wow, you know, we're going to try to protect this person from anything that could possibly danger them. So it's really important the Messages that we're sending. You can really get hypothyroidism by being on a low carb, low fat paradigm, not satiated. That's what happened to me. You can over-exercise and stress yourself out into a thyroid problem. It doesn't where the mess doesn't matter where the messages are coming. You could be up late every night, drinking and smoking and partying and, and ruin your adrenals and get stressed out, or be in a very stressful legal battle. It doesn't matter what the message is. Stress And food and nutrients are signals to the thyroid, and that is why I wrote the Paleo Thyroid Solution, so that everybody could get to the right primordial baseline and platform to have thyroid hormones work properly, be metabolized properly to avoid problems, and also, if you are taking thyroid hormones, you're going to want to go down the road of high-fat, moderate-protein, low-carb paradigm, and you might then, at a different stage, want to take it further and go keto. So this is what happens. Again, TSH signal is sent from the pituitary, says, yo, wake up thyroid and produce the thyroid hormones. The thyroid then will produce mostly T4, a little bit of T3. Throughout the day, as your body needs T3, it will convert into the T3. And whatever's not used will be flushed out of the body via a system called reverse T3, like I just explained. So, These are the main four tests everybody needs to get. Do not take thyroid hormone from a doctor or accept any diagnosis unless these tests have been taken. Because if these tests are not ordered by your doctor, unfortunately, they are just one of the uninformed doctors out there that kept me sick for 10 years and keep a lot of people sick for even a lot longer. These tests are TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone. Free T4, as in freedom, F R E E. Free T4, free T3, reverse T3. Those are the main four. Now, you always, when you're initially assessing thyroid issues or potential, you want to get two Hashimoto's antibody tests tested. And I'll talk about Hashimoto's in a minute, but these two antibody tests, a lot of doctors only know about one of them. You can be positive for one and not the other. So it's really, really important to get both of them tested. So one is called thyroid peroxidase antibody, stands for TPOAB. The other one is thyroid globulin antibody, that's TGAB. So the six main tests, anybody who suspects they might have a thyroid issue, you need to get these six tests. TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, And then you want to get TPO antibody and TG antibody. Now, there are peripheral tests. Almost every hypothyroid patient is low in ferritin, which is iron storage. It's different than hemoglobin. So I always suggest people get B12, vitamin D25-hydroxy, and also ferritin tested. Because if your ferritin is low, that could be the cause of a thyroid problem. Ferritin, which is iron storage, essentially you can look at it like... If you don't have enough iron storage, your own thyroid hormones that are working great or the ones that you're swallowing every day, like me, won't get to where they need to go without proper iron storage. Why are most hypothyroid patients deficient in iron? Well, first of all, a lot of us are women because it's disproportionately a women's issue, but men do get low in ferritin. And here's why. The body cannot hold on to nutrients when it's hypothyroid. So this is where it starts. You start eating, your body produces less hydrochloric acid to break down the nutrients in the food. Then. you already have compromised digestion and slow digestion, usually with hypothyroidism, which is why constipation is a huge symptom. I forgot to mention that earlier. And so now you're not absorbing the things that you're eating and taking and you're not getting the proper nutrients from it. Furthermore, if you're a menstruating female and the hypothyroidism has caused excessive bleeding, etc., during periods, then you're going to be losing more iron than most. So it's really important to get ferritin, vitamin D and B12 tested along with that. So that's about eight tests right there. Now there's a uh, lots of other diagnostics you can do because a million things cause a thyroid problem. Like I said, it could be stress, lack of sleep. It could be a nutrient deficiency in selenium. It could be an iron deficiency. There are a lot of simple fixes for this that people don't realize, and that's why it's important to get these things tested. Sometimes you can avoid going on thyroid hormone replacement and having your, or having your thyroid get, you know, problem get even worse by just optimizing nutrition and optimizing nutrients. Selenium is key, it is really responsible for that conversion from the T4 to the T3 that I spoke about. Let me explain why. Reverse T3 is very important to get tested. So I explained to you that whatever T4 is not being used in your body that was pumped out that day or that you swallowed because you took a pill with T4 in it, if you don't have the proper either enzymes, there's other things that affect conversion, it could be selenium, you could have heavy metals, there's lots of things that interfere with the conversion from T4 to T3. But the reason we check the reverse T3 is this. If you're a patient who's only getting TSH free T3 and free T4 checked, we don't know for sure if that T4 is really converting properly. A high reverse T3 number in the range, or sometimes we do a ratio between the free T3 and the reverse T3. When we calculate that ratio, 20 and higher is usually best. Someone who has 18, for example, as a ratio, they might need to take some extra selenium and you know wait it out, and it might get better. But if you're down to 15 or 11 like I was, that means you are not converting T4. This is a big problem because if a doctor doesn't test reverse T3, how do they know what to give you to help you? And let me explain. T4 is the only thing that converts into the inactive form. So here's what a reverse T3 lo- problem looks like. You're either your own thyroid hormone is working normally and pumping out the proper levels of T4 and T3, or you're taking T4 as in synthroid or levothyroxine, or you're taking T4 and T3 together, such as natural desiccated thyroid, like armor and nature which is dried pig desiccated gland. It is a prescription or T4 and T3 in a compounded way, or T3 only. Now these are all choices for medication. Here's the thing though. T4 is the only thing that converts into reverse T3. So if you have a reverse T3 problem, like I do, someone giving you T4 is going to continually send you down a path of keeping you sick and hypothyroid. And I see this every day because a doctor failed to understand reverse T3 and test it. And this happened to me. I had to fix my own hypothyroidism bouts to in a decade by myself without a doctor. And that was the last issue that I had. And I still do. So I take T3 only as a patient, which is the very last resort of thyroid hormone replacement, because we want this elegant feedback loop to work the way it should in terms of having that T4 convert and decide for you. Now, there are some people like me who have to remove that element and take T3 only because it's the only thing that's going to save my life. If I take T4, it's not going to convert. It's going to convert into the inactive form of reverse T3 and keep me hypothyroid. So T3 only, which is the biologically active hormone, the one I told you about that's so powerful, that does not convert into reverse T3. Only T4 does. And to be honest, reverse T3 problems are on the rise. Whether it's our stressful society, our multitasking, our, our lack of nutrition, just multitasking, mental stress, and you know all of the stuff we're exposed to out there in terms of stimulation, that could absolutely be a part of it. But at the end of the day, you really want the conversion to happen. There are some people who just can't. I have been on T3 only for eight years now. Before that, I was on natural desiccated thyroid until I got a reverse T3 problem. So I just want to explain a little bit about that so you understand why it's important to test the reverse T3 and why you could be continually going down a road of ill health and suffering if you have a reverse T3 issue and the doctor doesn't know what they're doing and didn't catch it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about why I wrote the Paleo Thyroid Solution or why Paleo Primal, a keto low-carb paradigm is absolutely ideal for
0: thyroid patients. And, and let me explain. Back to today's episode in a sec. ButcherBox features 100% grass fed and finished heritage bread pork and organic free range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high quality, health promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode.
1: So, paleo primal or going keto, living a low carb life is not just about, now I need to burn the fat that I gained while I was hypothyroid. Most hypothyroid patients have insidious weight gain. And if you don't, you got really lucky. So if you have some weight gain going on from hypothyroidism, likely you have become insulin resistant during that time. A lot of people are undiagnosed. 60% are undiagnosed. 25 plus million Americans have thyroid problems, and there's 200 million people worldwide. It's practically an epidemic. So... In that scenario, with it's it's just so prevalent out there, a lot of people are going for a very long time in a hypostate because they're visiting uninformed doctors, they're not getting the right tests, people are telling them they're fine, you just need to eat less and move more. All of these things that are happening. So while you're in this hypostate, lots of things start to go wrong and you will, other, you will get a disease you otherwise would not have gotten if you're in a hypothyroid state, which is why it's so imperative to optimize and make sure thyroid function is perfection, whether you 're on thyroid hormone or not, so if you 're listening to this and your your thyroid is fine, yes, you want to do everything you can to prevent it. Why does the high fat low carb moderate protein paradigm work because as probably you know listening to leanne, it is the ultimate in glucose management and adrenal management, and those two things are very related to thyroid so Every time your blood sugar goes up and down and you're a sugar burner and you're hypoglycemic, every time it drops, every time it raises, the adrenals don't like that and it will send off cortisol. Cortisol is absolutely antagonistic to this process and it often will just give you a big tire around your waist. It also will inhibit any you know muscle building and things that you're doing at the gym to to try to look good. So it's really important to also understand, and I want to get into Hashimoto's in a minute. So that is why, because most people become insulin resistant. This will take you out of it, but it also is the ultimate in the metabolization of your own thyroid hormones or the ones that you're taking. So if you want this whole system to work right, the ancestral paleo primal paradigm, the high fat, moderate protein, low carb paradigm is the way to go. Now, let me get into keto for a second. First of all, low carb diets and keto does not cause a thyroid problem. There are absolutely no studies. There's no evidence. I challenge anyone to email me about it. Absolutely no evidence. Here is what people have said though, to try to offer evidence, which is, oh, well you go keto and then you take a thyroid test and the, the free T3 might be a little bit lower. Okay. Okay. But here are the questions that I would ask that person. Do you have any hypothyroid symptoms? (laughs) Okay. Most of the time, the answer is no. They feel just fine. The reason for that is that as you go down the road of becoming more metabolically efficient, you will become more calorically efficient, meaning... Running on less calories than we once needed as you go down this road. Once you become calorically efficient and metabolically efficient, you also become T3 efficient and you might need less to function. I know people right now that were once on 60 micrograms of T3 only per day. And when they stay keto, they only have to take 25 micrograms. So, again, and that's for a T3 only patient, but It doesn't cause the problem. You have to also understand people that go to keto and low carb often do it wrong. For example, people will go to keto and they're just so excited about this new profound, you know, appetite satiation and and lack of hunger that they can take it a little bit too far and not get enough calories. And in those situations, you are sort of sending that starvation signal. If you do it for too long, it might go ahead and start to dial back. It might kind of give that message to your thyroid. Hey, she's starving, not going to find food for a while. So let's dial back this T3 pump out. We're going to make this T4 she's pumping out, convert into the inactive form, reverse T3, and just give her a little bit of T3 because we don't know when she's going to get food next. I mean, that literally is what's happening. And it sounds weird to personify a human body, but your body's always trying to save you. At every given minute, that's what type 2 diabetes is. If you got type 2 diabetes and you got fat, your body is trying to save you by pushing all that glucose into the fat cells. So you have to understand that your body's not working against you, it's always trying to help you. What messages are you sending to it? Let me explain Hashimoto's. So, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune form of thyroid issues. Now, I personally don't have Hashimoto's. Lots of people do. I think it's uh, maybe now about 30% of the population. Could be more. This is how it works. Just like with type 1 diabetics. So with type 1 diabetes, the... You know, immune system makes a grave mistake and it starts attacking the pancreas and it sees it as an enemy and it keeps attacking it and attacking it. And over time, the pancreas is just says, I give up, Uh, here's the surrender flag, and I am no longer producing insulin. And that is why type one diabetics have to go on insulin. It's an autoimmune form of diabetes. Type two diabetes is the one that you get because you gave it to yourself, whether you knew it or not. That usually just comes with, you know, poor eating habits and, and not knowing better. And it's, it's, no one's fault but that is usually brought upon by lifestyle. Okay. Now, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease. So, like type 1, the auto the, the immune system makes a grave mistake and it starts to attack the thyroid gland and it will Breed huge symptoms and hypothyroidism, but also will eventually erode and atrophy the thyroid because it's really trying to kill it and destroy it. And Hashimoto's can bring with it up and down symptoms. You could be hypo one week and then feel jittery and hyperthyroid, meaning too much T3 the next week. Having antibodies. As I mentioned before, the TPO and the TG antibody, the TG antibody, the thyroid globulin antibody is the one that if you could choose to have one of the two antibodies, you would choose TPO, the thyroid peroxidase, because the thyroid globulin one does have more severe consequences in terms of percentages of risks leading to cancer, et cetera. So it's very important to test the antibodies. And here's the good news. There is something you can do about it in a non-medication way and medication way. Let me explain this. There's a lot of people out there right now, maybe even listening, that have Hashimoto's and maybe you're on thyroid hormone replacement and maybe you're doing well and maybe you have perfect weight too. Like maybe you have no issues. That's great, but you could go get your blood tested tomorrow and the TPO antibodies might be 300 in a range of, let's say, zero to 35. Now, you may not be, quote, feeling that 300 level of antibodies, but you don't want it. You don't want it because antibodies equal inflammation, equal be getting more immune issues. Most doctors don't realize you can do something about the antibodies. What can you do? You quit grains. You go paleo primal. Why? gluten in particular, we know triggers the Hashimoto's antibodies. There's a success story in my book, Kara. She, again, was this profile on thyroid hormone for years, feeling great, skinny, no problems. But every time she got her blood tested, the antibodies were at about 300 or 600. And the doctor just was like, yep, well, that makes sense because you have Hashimoto's. And no one did anything to help her lower these antibodies until we discovered paleoprimal. I shared with her what I knew. She cut out gluten. The antibodies dropped down to 25 and they had never been that low in her life. That is within the range. It should be the goal of everybody with Hashimoto's to reduce those antibodies to zero non-detectable or extremely low. And it's achievable through living a diet and lifestyle that is in accordance with our DNA and ancestral health. I will make this caveat. If you have Hashimonos and you're really sensitive to a lot of things, which somehow Hashimoto's can make people very allergic and sensitive... I really suggest looking at an autoimmune protocol, paleo food list, AIP. That's the autoimmune protocol. There are things like foods high in histamines, like cinnamon that really affect people who have Hashimoto's and some other things like that to just look into to try to eliminate. I also have heard this from several Hashimoto's patients, which is even though they aren't technically allergic to eggs on a blood test eliminating eggs has been very helpful. So that might just be one more hack to try if you've tried everything. So Hashimoto's is uh, very important in terms of making sure you keep those antibodies down. As far as the thyroglobulin antibody, which sometimes is the more problematic one, there is another option. And I did do a Primal Blueprint Podcast episode with Dr. Forsman on low-dose naltrexone. Low-dose naltrexone, and there's information about this in my book, can be used when antibodies just are stubborn and don't go down, and no matter what you do. So what people do is, even though this uh, drug was made for recovering addicts in very low doses from like 0.5 or 1.5 to 4.5 taken nightly can absolutely help the immune system. If you're curious to learn more, you can always go to Instagram, go to the handle middle path medicine. That's Dr. Forsman's IG page. He's the doctor on my book, the paleo thyroid solution. He's got a bunch of IGTV videos on the benefits of low dose naltrexone for cancer, for any sort of autoimmune issue and much more. So that is where you would need to go if somehow diet and lifestyle and optimizing nutrients doesn't somehow get those antibodies down. There are people that have them in the thousands and that's pretty alarming and you want to reduce that inflammation as much as you can, again, because it leads to other issues. So that's pretty much Hashimoto's. I want to talk briefly about hyperthyroidism. It's very rare, or it's much rarer, but that also is an autoimmune issue. It's called Graves' disease. Same thing happens except the thyroid pumps out too much T3. What happens with these people? Hypermetabolic. It sounds good at first, like, oh, that means they just get really super skinny. That can happen where they can't gain weight, but also you
0: can have a heart attack, so it's not not really worth that, that offset. Back to today's episode in a sec. So, I've been doing a little something for 10 minutes a day, and all of you are starting to notice. And you're like, What is your secret, Leanne? Your skin is glowing. What are you doing? So a couple of months ago, I was quite hesitant, but I ordered a Juve Red Light Go. It's a handheld device that I hold up to my face for 10 minutes a day. It's red light that stimulates collagen, counteracts the signs of aging, is beneficial on the effects of wrinkles, acne scars, hypertrophic scars, and the healing of burns. And it's also been known to be an effective natural acne treatment. And as a 30-something-year-old whose mother told her that she would definitely stop having acne at 18, I can tell you that's a straight-up lie because I am now in my mid-30s and still struggle with acne. But for the last couple of months since I've started using my JuveGo every morning for 10 minutes... My acne has gone away. My scars from way, way back in the day are healing. And my skin has this wonderful, beautiful glow. So if you're wondering, what is this thing? How do I do it? It's a handheld device that emits red light. I put it close to my face every morning for 10 minutes. It's a rechargeable light. It lasts about 10 days on one charge. So you just hold it up. 10 minutes, relax. When it turns off, you go about your day. You can find out more by going to juve.com keto. That's J O O V V.com keto click on shop and choose targeted devices. Now, if you want the device that I have, it's the Juve Go Red model, and that'll help boost the collagen in your face, reduce the fine lines, acne scarring, and all that amazingness. Help boost your glow. Again, that's joovv.com slash keto. Okay, back
1: to today's episode. Hyperthyroidism can be very dangerous. I really would love everybody to listen to episode 163 of the Primal Blueprint Podcast if you have Graves' disease or was diagnosed because Dr. Forsman on that podcast talks specifically about all of the options. Sometimes people's thyroids are completely removed unnecessarily. You always want to, if you can, try to keep the thyroid gland intact. There are reasons for that. Some of the conversion happens in the gland even if you're taking it over and overriding it with thyroid hormones. There's lots of reasons reason to keep that intact. So sometimes with Graves' disease, if it cannot be treated through some medication, it's not thyroid hormone, usually treated with beta blockers. If it cannot be treated or can't go away and you can't find the underlying causes of the ignition of Graves' disease, of that autoimmune condition, then what they do is they usually radioactive iodine, kind of zap the thyroid gland and they kill it, sort of making that person hypothyroid and then they have to go on thyroid hormone. It's a much safer place to be than being in an unknown, place of hyperthyroidism which is overactive. The bottom line is that we are a goldilocks system. All of us humans the reason we're all 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit roughly at 3:30 in the afternoon is because we all have this human DNA prescription of what temperatures are required for the enzymatic processes in our body etc. And It can go both ways. So hyperthyroidism have, you know, they usually have higher temps. You know, 99 degrees. They're hot. They're sweaty. They're clammy. They might be pooping all the time, etc. Hypothyroidism, sludgy, slow, constipated, brain doesn't work. The thing about hyperthyroidism and why elevated T3 is not good is that aside from the heart, it can actually tire you out. It increases your appetite and that also increases the issues with blood glucose and cortisol. It affects all of that, and you can end up getting very fat and bloated. It is also catabolic, meaning if you take too much T3, you will, it will catabolize your muscle. So, for example, one of the things about catabolization of muscle is bodybuilders, what they do is when they are trying to compete before a, com- you know, a competition, they will jam themselves with T3 because it is the most potent fat burner. It is really the only fat burner we have in our body. And so they do this, but they have to use other drugs and other things to offset the catabolic nature of it. So again, we are really in a Goldilocks scenario, not too hot, not too cold. Now, at the end of the day, You can find all of this information on my free thyroid guide on my website, lrust.com. I tell you every test to take, like I just mentioned, how to find a doctor in your state or country. What do you ask a doctor? Like if you're going to call the doctor's office to even see if they're worthwhile to to waste your copay on or to waste your time. So I have a list of questions you can ask them tons of resources there. I also want to talk about keto for a second. Let's just end with this, which is keto is wonderful. Here's where it's not applicable if you have thyroid problems. First of all, if the reason your thyroid started to get off and you and your doctors believe that it's because you gained a lot of weight, meaning did you have an eating disorder that led to type 2 diabetes or insulin resistant, that would affect the thyroid. So in that case, going keto would really solve that. And sometimes people do get thyroid problems by going in that direction. But if that's not why you got gained weight, if it wasn't because you went down that road to type 2, then here's what usually happens someone is freaking out because they're gaining all this weight because they're trying everything they can. They don't know whether they have a thyroid problem or not. They probably do. And then what they do is they go work out as much as they can, which is terrible for the adrenals, makes the situation worse. And then on top of working out all the time, they're not eating the right macros, etc. And what they do is then the last resort is, oh my God, okay, well, I'm just not going to eat any carbs. I'm going to go keto because that's my last resort and that'll burn the fat. And then everyone calls me and says, I've been doing keto for six weeks and I'm getting fatter. Couple things here. First of all, are you doing keto right? If you're not, please read Leanne's book, Keto for Women, and listen to everything she has to say about how to go keto. A lot of people do this wrong, they also go into it too quickly. I'm of the camp, along with Mark Sisson, that this is better approached in a way where you become fat adapted first for the first 21 days or month, start to live the high fat, moderate protein, low carb paradigm. And then if you're feeling great, everything's wonderful and you're getting results, you can move to the deeper level of nutritional ketosis and go that route. In the Mark Sisson's book, The Keto Reset Diet, I mention in there that if you're on thyroid hormone and you're doing well, and all symptoms are gone, you can go keto. But just know that if you really stay keto longer than eight weeks, you're going to want to get all of those tests tested again to make sure that you might, you might need to dial down your thyroid hormone again, because of what I said before, you could be becoming more T3 efficient. And so if you're taking, let's say, natural desiccated thyroid, which has T4 and T3 in it. And that's kind of the standard and usually the best choice for thyroid hormone replacement, just so everyone knows. And if you're taking a T3, T4 combo, and then you go keto and you're there for a while, you might need less T3. So therefore, you don't want to overgive yourself T4 because it'll convert into the reverse T3. Then you're sort of overdosing yourself and the body's (laughs) going to continually, you know, continually take that T4 and, and and overproduce reverse T3. So that's my caveat is that you really do need to monitor over time in the first six months that you go keto if you're on thyroid hormone, because there might be an opportunity to reduce your dose and you just wouldn't want to miss that. The other thing is that keto does not cause thyroid problems and neither does low carb. In fact, if anything, it is incredible for the whole system. I just would say that keto or low carb will not solve a thyroid problem if it wasn't created by that to begin with. Like I said earlier, because heavy metals could be causing a thyroid problem, not the keto, you know, you know, an infection, or it could be an autoimmune disorder. It could just be an inherent thing that happens. Sometimes you can fix all of the underlying factors of, of, you know, hypothyroidism and still have the issue. So There's not necessarily a rhyme or reason to it, but keto and low carb on its own will not solve a thyroid issue unless you were eating like crap before and a sugar burner before. Then it could. So you can try that first and everybody should go down the route of going towards a ketogenic lifestyle, at least low carb moderate protein, high fat. When I say low carb, I mean between maybe 50 and 100 total grams of carbs a day versus lower than that to get into keto. And if you start there and you start to clean out the crappy oils and all the stuff, Even if it's not solving your thyroid problem, it is creating a primordial baseline of which you are going to be properly prepared to receive and metabolize thyroid hormones in the event that you need to take them. I have seen people turn around their thyroid issue in six weeks, eight weeks. I have seen people look fat, bloated, terrible skin, brain dead, total mess. They optimized some nutrients, took some supplements, went super paleo primal low carb and boom six eight weeks later dropped like immediately 15 pounds of inflammation and water weight look incredible and again If you're eating gluten and you've got Hashimoto's and you eliminate that, so you always want to go down this road. That is the natural protocol that I suggest in my book. If you go down that natural protocol and you've been there eight weeks, 12 weeks, you keep trying, then you might need to go towards thyroid hormone replacement at some point, but at least you've got the proper metabolic machinery that you've been working on creating that's going to be able to receive that and metabolize it correctly. So I just want to impart on everybody, you know, some of the things you can do to keep your thyroid healthy. Um, Well, of course, stay away from nuclear reactors, (laughs) Um, but selenium, 200 micrograms of selenium in the form of S-E-methyl-L-selenocysteine. The only brand that I know of right now, although I'm sure there are other brands, but Life Extension sells that particular form, which is the most absorbable form, S-E-methyl-L-selenocysteine. If you're someone out there that wants to prevent thyroid problems, or you are on thyroid hormone replacement, and you want to prevent a reverse T3 issue, and you want that conversion to keep going well, take 200 micrograms of selenium every day. Other things that help getting natural iodine, but don't go out there and take substantial levels of iodine. Usually when you optimize selenium, the iodine gets resolved. A lot of people look online and they see iodine is related to thyroid. They go out and get a bottle of iodine thinking that's going to fix their problem. It can actually make it worse and cause terrible detox symptoms. So unless you know that you are 100% deficient in iodine, don't take it in large amounts. You can get it through sea vegetables. You can get it through um, Gaia Herbs, G-A-I-A, has a really good thyroid support formula that has a little bit of that in it, anything you can do to support adrenals, such as vitamin C, lemon, ashwagandha. And again, I think this is a matter of a lot of people just screw up their thyroids accidentally. And it's a matter of bringing everything back into alignment. And if that doesn't work, then again, at least you are at the space where now things are going to be able to get fixed because you've eliminated some of the underlying soup of it all, which is again, getting rid of the crappy oils, the grains, the carbs, the gluten, et cetera, the you know, grain-fed beef, the nitrate-filled bacon, all of that stuff. We need to, to clean out, and, and sometimes this can happen in eight weeks. If you go to my website, lruss.com, lots of interviews about this. I also do private coaching. You can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble to get my book, The Paleo Thyroid Solution. And again, I offer a free thyroid guide with so much in-depth information on my website and happy to answer questions uh, for anybody out there. Just know the state of your thyroid really is related to everything in your life. Fat burning, skin health, brain health you know, hormonal, sexual hormonal health. So it's imperative that everybody look at this as one of the most important things that they can do for their longevity and for their health.
0: Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more keto for women secrets for your fat-fueled life.